For searchsap.com, I'm Rob Westervelt. You're listening to the Application Outsourcing and Systems Integration Edition for September 28, 2006. In this edition, we'll speak with Michael Dome. Michael is Chief Intelligence Officer of Performance Monitor. Performance Monitor is a research and advisory firm focused on monitoring the field performance of professional service firms. Michael will tell us how to evaluate and choose a systems integrator, as well as how to get the A-team from these systems integrators working for your company. He also tells us how SAP Consulting is rated in a recent survey he conducted. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, uh, why don't we start off with um, sort of a, a background in history here. I know you were a longtime analyst, or you were an analyst uh, at uh, the Meta Group, uh, and you sort of uh, fell off everybody off the radar for maybe a year or two um, and just started a new firm called uh, Performance Monitor? Uh, that's correct. It's uh, It's been uh, about 16 months since we started, which coincided with my leaving the Meta Group as they were absorbed into Gartner. Uh, prior to going to Meta Group, um, I had a 16-year run in consulting, primarily around enterprise applications, with the last six years being dedicated to SAP consulting. Mm-hmm. And uh, interestingly, one of the reasons I joined Meta Group was that uh, I was very dissatisfied with the advisory I was getting from the standard analyst research firms. And I, I'd been complaining to them. and. The people at Metagroup came to me and said, you know, you're right, we don't cover these areas sufficiently. Why don't you join Metagroup and build the service you never had? So in my four-plus years at Metagroup, I built and ran uh, professional services strategies, which was serving uh, all of the the key uh, service providers, Accenture, Bearing Point, Deloitte, IBM, you know, all all the usual suspects as well as many others. And uh, one of the things I learned at Metagroup, uh, because we were – we were required to rate the service providers in similar fashion to things like the Forrester Wave and uh, the Magic Quadrant. We had our own version called Metaspectrum. And this was one of the areas, as much as I, I loved my work as an industry analyst, this was an area where I was quite uncomfortable because I didn't feel it was right for analysts to be giving their opinions in regard to these ratings. And that was the inspiration for Performance Monitor. Now, what's, uh, what's the goal of Performance Monitor then? We are improving the industry in one very dramatic fashion uh, by getting massive data from the field, from the clients of the service providers about their actual performance. We're providing service providers a way to understand their own strengths and weaknesses in a competitive environment, and we're providing the buying clients information about their strengths and weaknesses so that they can engage with each other on a basis of facts rather than rumor, analyst opinion, uh, vendor claims, and the like. So that uh, on the one hand, we sell our research to the service providers who find ways that they can improve their performance to increase client satisfaction, client loyalty, and the like. Um, And we sell buyer's guides to the clients so that they can best determine which firms are most likely 
to be able to fulfill their specific needs. Where does somebody go to, to get these, these buyer's guides? Uh, these we sell straight off our website at performancemonitor.net. And we right now have buyer's guides available for, you know, your key audience, Rob, the mm -hmm. uh, SAP world, as well as um, uh, where, we, where we cover eight of the leading uh, SAP systems integrators, obviously including SAP Consulting and all the other usual suspects. We also have buyer's guides for the leading Oracle systems integrators and um, are scrolling out forward with buyer's guides from our subsequent studies into application development service providers, CRM service providers, and application outsourcing as well. Great. And that website again? That is performancemonitor.net. Excellent. Now, I wanted to launch, let's, let's launch straight into uh, one of your latest studies um, around application outsourcing. Um, from what I understand, you had 700 participants in a survey, and these are these are clients of major application outsourcing providers. Um, how did how did you find these guys, and what are, what are some of the the demographics of the study? Well, it's quite interesting, Rob. I'll, 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 I'll take apart first how we found them, because this is this is to the heart of all of our studies. You know, if you simply send out a uh, an invitation via email to someone, please take our survey. And in return, you you have a chance to win an iPod or a car, or, or you get a free white paper. You're not going to get, as we as we've learned through history, you're not going to get precision, because anyone can fill out a survey for the most part, and you know in order to get whatever candy is at the other end. So what we mm -hmm. do is what we call a double blind um, invitation, by which the respondents receive an email um, asking them to attempt to qualify. <laughs> So the, the qualification process for application outsourcing, for example, um, we ask a number of questions, any one of which, if the client does not give the right answer or the respondent does not give the right answer, they are politely excused. They're out. Okay. They're out. So, uh, you know, first question was, has your firm engaged in an application outsourcing uh, engagement in the past three years? And we define for them application outsourcing which we break into two kinds, application maintenance. Right, I think that was the question. What's the difference between application outsourcing and uh, software as a service? I think there's some confusion there. Oh, yeah, well, definitely. Application outsourcing is more about operating what you already have at base. Now, it can include changes to the software for your continuity or more changes, more regular changes leading towards application optimization. And then the biggie, uh, always touted by the lead service providers is application transformation outsourcing, where there are defined levels of application transformation. Whereas when we look at software as a service, we're looking more at an architecture and a means for changing your applications. Mm -hmm. And so software as, as a service won't replace the need for applications, operations, backups, and the like. It will play a role in how application outsourcing services are delivered, I think is probably the, the closest uh, connection between those two. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, again, our respondents that do qualify by virtue of having application outsourcing that it was that is provided by any of the nine leading service providers that we were targeting, um, and one of the most important pieces in our filtering process is making certain that our respondents had a direct uh, participation in the engagement. We don't take hearsay um, input. So, the, the, and that was how we we boiled it down from initially 200,000 candidates to uh, something in the neighborhood of 4,000 who generally qualified from which we, we 
we settled on 709 uh, client responses. Now, the, why don't you go down the list a little bit of, of the, the, the system integrators um, involved here? Our list of service providers uh, for whom we have client input includes Accenture, CSC, Deloitte, EDS, Hewlett-Packard, IBM, Infosys, Oracle, and SAP. And what's notable here is um, obviously SAP and Oracle with their application outsourcing offerings, um, the usual suspects, Accenture, IBM, EDS, etc., Hewlett-Packard. The one quite notable uh, footnote to this, notable footnote, there you go, is that Infosys, it was the only Indian-based firm uh, for which we were able to get a sufficient amount of input. We do not include service providers in these studies if we do not have at least 50 of their clients reporting. And uh, so as you can see across the nine uh, firms that we have, we, um, with 709, we have an average of 79 clients reporting for each of these, which gives it some depth and credibility. Did you, did you anticipate more, uh, more uh, from, from India? Um, not actually uh, for this case. As you know, the Indian firms... The, the, a large proportion of their revenues is derived from application development and maintenance services, mm -hmm. the programming factories. And in a preceding study where we, we had 11 leading providers of ADM, and that did include four of the Indian firms. Uh, but what we find interesting in our method, as you can see, when we, when we maybe begin with a pool of 200 or 300 or 400,000 potential respondents, mm -hmm. it's quite interesting for us to watch the count when we, when we invite them to qualify. Um, you hear so many firms talking about their services and how big they're getting. Well, we get a bird's eye view right there just in watching what buckets fill up and which don't. Right. And um, we, did not, we actually did not even expect uh, Infosys to make this list. So it was, a, it was a pleasant surprise and an interesting indicator that Infosys is actually, um, actually has a pretty serious application outsourcing footprint in North America today. Now, I, I wanted to focus on some of the, uh, the key takeaways. And let, let's focus in here on uh, the SAP systems integrators, if, you're, if you like. Sure, sure. Um, in terms of the, the SAP systems integrators, it's, when clients go to choose them, most especially clients who haven't already had an SAP experience, uh, we, we find it interesting how they, how they choose them. We, we offer our respondents altogether 16 uh, differentiators and ask them to to tell us which three were most instrumental in their choosing one systems integrator over another and one of the one of the key findings from this research is that um, across the the group of SAP Oracle as well as PeopleSoft clients uh, which in, in composite we had 2004 clients weighing in the least cited differentiator is methodology and tools. Uh, we find this we find this somewhat normal, if you like, in that clients who haven't already had an SAP or Oracle experience don't know what they don't know. They do not understand the meaning of a methodology, what it's going to, how it's going to be used, how their participation in that methodology is going to matter. And so, as I've noted, when I'm helping clients go through their selection process. First of all, they can't keep the names of the methodologies straight. They don't understand the features. They don't understand the rest. But what actually happens 
throughout a project is that methodology becomes more and more important to the point that once a project starts, clients, when we ask them to weight the relative importance of 12 performance criteria, mm -hmm. they give it a much higher weighting. Rather than being dead last out of 16 differentiators, it figures as about sixth amongst 12 performance criteria. And very interesting later on, if methodology is not properly leveraged in a disciplined fashion, things go wrong, like poor project process, uh, including resource uh, allocations and resource management. We also see that, that time adherence isn't there, uh, poor scope management and the like, and these are just the problems that lead clients to be dissatisfied with their systems integrator, and, and they also uh, actually have a very negative effect, as you can imagine, on goal attainment. I'm stuck on the, the use of the term methodology. Um, can you get a little bit more granular? I mean, what, what do you mean by that? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, and uh, most relevant to the world of SAP, prior to 1997, all of the systems integrators, the alliance partners of SAP and others, were using various homemade legacy-type methodologies that did not directly address SAP. So in 1997, SAP announced and delivered the accelerated SAP methodology, also known as ASAP. In short order, most of the world aligned to that. You'll hear that some systems integrators, uh, that, you know, that they adhere to ASAP methodology and they will also have their own overlays of tools. Um, others say that they are powered by ASAP, but that actually doesn't mean anything. It means they have their own mm. specific methodology. Mm -hmm. But what, what's in common to all of them is these are the guides that take you through what are essentially the five phases of an SAP engagement. The first one being uh, planning and strategy and preparation. The second being blueprint or you know a design phase. Third being realization, uh, which normally refers to the configuration and, and or programming stage. The fourth is conversion, migration, and the fifth is go live. Now, across uh, various systems integrators, Deloitte uses a thing called Fast Track. Mm -hmm. SAP, as we've mentioned, has the accelerated SAP methodology. Um, Accenture has the Accenture delivery methodology, not, not too sweetly named. And uh, there are various differences in these methodologies that are very, very important. Um, and uh, I think clients should take a, a much closer look at these methodologies when they're assessing potential systems integrators because people come and people go, but in these methodologies, what you're seeing is the cookbook, the secret sauce of each of these. So a client, for example, who's looking for a strong accent on knowledge transfer should be looking within the methodology to see what steps are there for knowledge transfer? How are they carried out? What are the deliverables? What are the, what are the criteria for success in knowledge transfer? Things like that. Uh, because, as I say, people come and people go, but the one constant um, and characterization of a systems integrator can be found in its methodology and tools. So instead of that, what, what are they, uh, right now, what are they mainly focused on when they... Well, as you can imagine, pricing and terms is very high up, mm -hmm. uh, but they're also assessing what they view as the, the quality of the staff in terms of their consulting skills as well as their technical skills around SAP and, and all, all related technical areas. Interestingly, whereas the systems integrators for years have been telling me that, uh, that they uh, get a lot of their 
their work through their reputation and prior contacts and things. The, the three differentiators that we, we ascribe to branding, which are their, um, their reputation, their prior experience with the client, and their reference clients, all three of those fall in the second tier of client consideration. Now that changes, obviously, from systems integrator, systems integrator to systems integrator. For example, IBM Business Consulting Services gets some pretty good traction out of its branding, mm -hmm. but uh, other firms quite simply do not. Um, and I think that's to the good, that, that when clients are actually getting to their selection process, they're looking past the marketing and reputation and, and getting down to what, what really matters to them. And coming back to the subject of methodology and tools, while it's not the end-all, be-all, we do believe, and, and as, as evidenced by the input from over 2,000 clients, that methodology and tools should be just given a greater focus than it is today. So where, where should the, the priorities be set then? I mean, how, how does a, a company prioritize a set of criteria? Um, that's just it. Each company is quite different. And uh, again, why, why we, we have differences with, with things like the Magic Quadrant and the Forrester Wave, because what they don't distinguish is, is client needs and client focus. Um, for example, while we look at 12 performance criteria after the selection process, such as agility, adherence to vision, uh, leverage of methodology and tools, uh, the timely delivery and the like, it's up to clients to balance amongst those and, and weight them, weight the importance of them as they're going through a selection process. I'll, I'll give you a funny story, Rob. Uh, while at Metagroup, I, I helped many, many clients going through the shortlisting process and the selection process, and as we continue to do so now with greater focus at Performance Monitor. But I had one client that sent along the list of criteria by which they were going to be selecting their, their lead SAP systems integrator. And they, they had some of the right things in there where they were looking at technical levels, they were looking at uh, the, the client's commitment to a partnership, the client's commitment to knowledge transfer. But they also had uh, a criterion in there about generally how, how well-dressed were these people and what was their you know, personal demeanor. And I came back to them and I said, well, I do believe we have to weight the relative importance of these. And the client resisted. They, they didn't like the idea of waiting. That all seemed too complicated to them. Hmm. So in point of fact, when they went about scoring, they had a one through five scoring method, the, the relevance of how well these people dressed and how friendly they were and all of that was on an equal footing with their SAP technical bones. <laughs> <laughs> right? So as you can imagine, that, that is simply not an intelligent way uh, to, to balance the attributes of the systems integrator you're looking for. So we, we, we're, when we're working with the clients, the very first thing we do is talk to them about, you know, what is the nature of the engagement they're going, going to be doing. In, in our data, for example, we get input about how the systems integrators perform and how the, and the clients and how the clients perform with them around four different types of engagements. Are these initial implementations? Are they upgrades? Are they geographic rollouts, or are they optimizations and extended applications? And as you can imagine, Rob, the, the importance of the criteria will change just on that score alone. In some cases as well, we find clients who say, look, we don't want uh, vision. That vision thing, we're, we're covered. We simply want strong execution, and we, the client, are prepared to take a high-level 
of client ownership in this engagement. And so there we look at the, the weighting, relative weighting across those 12 criteria and change them uh, to meet the client's needs. And from there, we can then rerun our performance scoring and, and the like to see which of the service providers is most likely to, to help them in their specific needs. We're starting to run out of time, so um, I wanted to ask a, a few more questions here. One is around the the lack of skilled talent in the job market. Um, you know, we, we're hearing about this uh, over the last year, maybe two years now, that even the, the big system is integrators, the, even the leading systems integrators that you've identified, um, are having trouble attracting the, the lack of uh, attracting the skilled talent. For a company that signs on with one of these systems integrators, how can they make sure that they don't fall in between the cracks, so to speak? Well, the, to, to your point, there there is, again, a shortage of SAP skills that is sort of, there's a historical reason behind that. Back uh, as, we hit, as we hit the millennium, the market flattened considerably, and a lot of firms left the field. Others had been bought up, um, and things were, things were rather flat for about three years. Now that the market is heating up again, yes, um, all, of this, all of the systems integrators are challenged again in getting the right skills. And so let's say if you, if you are a B, a level B client, how do you make sure that you have the A team? Um, contractually is, is an important part. If you are contracting with a firm that uh, uh, you know, is, is, is offering you a team and you want to make sure it's the A team, well, the first thing you're going to do is vet every one of the proposed staff mm-hmm. or the requisite experience, rather than simply accepting, if you like, the resumes or the overviews they give of each of them. Is that easy to do? It is not easy to do. It's, it's time consuming, and it's nigh impossible for a client to do if they do not already have some SAP knowledge in-house mm-hmm. so that they know what questions to ask. And I advise any firm that does not have that requisite knowledge to go get a third-party firm a disinterested and objective third-party firm, not another systems integrator, for example, to actually do the due diligence in that regard. That's, that's the first and foremost. I mean, you're making very large investments in these people with, with uh, blended rates um, of $150 and higher, depending upon the offshore mix that's being used. And it's, it's only in your interest to take you know, a, a small investment to verify the people who are being brought on board. Beyond that, there should be in your service level agreement and your, your, your contract with a systems integrator um, certain performance uh, hurdles to be passed um, and you, you uh, retain some of the payment until uh, it has been assured that you have gotten the proper performance. And uh, that, that is one area that where the, the systems integrators will definitely keep you on the radar because they're not going to want to be be failing in that regard and uh, not collecting all of their bills. Now, your survey showed that uh, many of these systems integrators uh, were meeting and even exceeding uh, some of your respondents' expectations. Absolutely. Um, one, I want to. I want to be clear. We're, again, we're talking about the leading systems integrators, and so you would expect them to have good scores. But in point of fact, the uh, goal attainment uh, going across uh, all of the key goals in this regard was, was quite high. Um, we find that uh, uh, some of the goals are, are, are more difficult than others. For example, co- any cost reduction goals, uh, most especially around 
reducing the cost of IT. Let's face it, you're putting in SAP. At the end of the day, your IT uh, costs, um, it, it's difficult to reduce them. Um, parenthetically in that regard, Rob, the reason people have trouble reducing their IT costs is uh, one of the most often cited problems of SAP, Oracle, and PeopleSoft clients is an insufficient uh, post-implementation planning. And coming back to uh, the top of the show where we were talking about methodologies, what we find in looking in the methodologies of most of these systems integrators is very scant attention to the long term. You remember in years past it was all about accelerating, I mean, let's take it, accelerated SAP um, and that whole notion, sometimes speed can kill, where clients who are too attuned to time and cost, mm -hmm. um, and you know, they're getting sticker shock from the consulting, will say, let's speed it up, let's speed it up. And if the systems integrator agrees, what goes by the wayside is post-implementation planning. Upshot is, you do not reduce your IT costs. On the contrary, at the end of your implementation, by day two of after go-live, your costs may be higher. And so, uh, again, when assessing your systems integrator, I would advise any SAP client to take the long view because when you, when you put in SAP, you've got it for 25 years. That's, that's the lifespan, and it's exceeded that for some clients already. And uh, um, to, to improve your longer-term goal attainment, take a longer-term view. Now, the, uh, is it easy to measure the, uh, the value out of your SI? Is there benchmarks uh, set? Are, there, are they available? There are, um, but I tell you, what, what most companies and clients fail to do is measure their current performance before going into an engagement. And they, do, they fail to do so for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's too hard. Sometimes they simply say, well, we know we're bad. Let's just get on with it. Um, and so by not measuring you know, how they were doing before they went through an engagement, they find it nigh impossible after an engagement to determine what they got out of it. Now, every one of the systems integrators that, that we have worked with through the years has the proper means to help clients go through measurement of gains that are made, whether it's in cost reductions or improvements in business process and the like. And uh, I will tell you that an SAP engagement can be a CIO killer if measurement is not done. Because what's going to happen at the end of the day, no matter whether you ask, for, if, you, if you did not ask for the measurement, someone in your firm very high up is going to say, hey, Mr. CIO, what did we get for that mega million dollar investment? And you'd better be ready to answer it with some hard figures. Uh, I, I obviously wanted to talk a little bit about um, how SAP consulting uh, fits in with the rest of these guys. And um, maybe you can just give us a brief overview of what you've found in terms of whether or not they're meeting expectations and pricing and whatnot. Uh, SAP's doing a good job. Um, I mean, when we, when we look at the results here, they, they were competitive around their performance scoring, problem management, and goal attainment. Uh, we also did look, however, we asked one simple question is, uh, for those alliance partners of SAP, uh, we asked their clients, did SAP um, assist as a, as a sub on this engagement? And for about 70% or so, they did. And we did find a variability of uh, results in that regard. For some of the firms, the performance remained pretty much the same with or without SAP. For one of the firms, the performance was uh, somewhat bolstered. But for three of them, um, out of the seven, 
the performance actually uh, went down. And so there's a, there's, there's not, there isn't a uniformity of excellence, if you like, in the way the SAP partnering uh, is occurring out in the field. And is SAP Consulting uh, attracting mainly their largest customers or large businesses? Uh, no, actually, um, SAP Consulting uh, has has a lower percentage of the very large clients huh. uh, than do their alliance partners. But that's 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 a good sign. I mean, SAP, uh, the alliance partnership of SAP through the years has been one of the most successful partnerships that I, I've ever witnessed. And one of the reasons is that SAP actually does get out of the way. Um, in many many cases, they will, if you like, uh, leave the path free for alliance partners when they see that that may be a better choice for the client, um, while always being at the ready to uh, back them up. And uh, is Oracle Consulting also getting the, the same uh, the same high marks? Um, actually, Oracle Consulting gets much higher marks in terms of its alliance partnership. Um, of the we have we have in that field uh, in addition to Oracle Consulting we have six of their alliance partners and just about across the board performance improves when when Oracle Consulting partners in with them any any idea why that that is um, well uh, the the data doesn't doesn't provide um, explicit <laughs> advisory in that regard um, it. It, it may be that one of the areas in which Oracle Consulting absolutely shines is problem management. Uh, they have, across the, all of the studies we've done now, across altogether 48 different service lines and service providers, they still have the, the lowest problem incidence of all. And it, a strong adherence to their methodology seems to be the key to that. So I, I would think that these results suggest that there's a, there's a, a little bolstering, if you like, around method, disciplines, uh, processes, and the like when Oracle Consulting is around. Well, Michael, thanks for your time. You can check out Performance Monitor Research at performancemonitor.net. Also available at performancemonitor.net is a white paper authored by Michael Dome on consulting fee models. That's all for now. I'm Rob Westerfeld. Have a great day. <laughs>